Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode will watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello listeners, we are back and as always we have a great episode for you today and we're really excited to bring on a friend and a very special guest. Hello, yes, we have our friend here, Molly. Say hello, Molly. Hi. Molly is part of the D&D group. I think we've almost got the whole D&D group <laughs> on the podcast. I think we have, yeah, I didn't even You're going to have to go roping Jordan in because Jordan doesn't I asked him do if it. he's seen a Disney movie and he's like, I don't know. He doesn't even remember. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I his memory's worse than mine. Like I usually will remember as I'm watching, but yeah, I feel like his memory for movies, and that's saying something because oh, mine's not boy. good. Yep. Right. <laughs> so Molly, uh, we asked you uh, here in particular today. Today we're doing Lilu. Oh, my God, you did Lilo. it. You had it right. Okay, Lilo. Lilo Dallas. So, I, I think that's what I'm doing. I think I'm doing Lulu Dallas multipass. That must be it because we, what was the last episode we did? That you Atlantis. had trouble? Yeah. And like Atlantis we had to record the end, the end like five times. Because kept I, saying I, it, like, it wrong. They would tell it to me and my brain would immediately dump it. But, Lilo. But listeners, what I will say is all yesterday, Ryan mentioned Lilo and said it right every time. So it's just on the air that he's having <laughs> okay. the issue. So today's movie is Lilo and Stitch, which I'm actually pretty excited about for a couple reasons. And we'll go into why. But we asked Molly to come on to this uh, episode. She is going to be with us for the beginning and then she has to uh, fulfill her her duties as a mom <laughs> for the rest of the day but i have a tiny dictator be- bossing me around <laughs> <laughs> yes because molly is stitch um <laughs> or was stitch so i'm friends with stitch oh That's, is that oh is that, how we, is that, how, is that the terminology medium, but i'm doing air quotes i'm friends yes. with stitch um oh interesting. yes because stitch is stitch is his own person thing he i can't be stitch i'm just friends with stitch we spend a lot of time together so this is why i'm so interested because i feel like we've got a lot to talk about on this movie but i'm going to monopolize a lot of this time with questions <laughs> That's fine. For you. you are actually our second uh cast was andrew actually cast is, member. Is everybody who works with disney a cast member yes. So Andrew does sound, but he is working on a project that we are not allowed to talk about on the air. Cool. So we weren't able to really go super into, you know, a lot of the he stuff he did. He talked about his work. On, he worked in Animal Kingdom. Right. Oh, cool. the current right. project yes. that he's on. What did he so, do in Animal Kingdom? So he's a sound uh, engineer. Okay. And so he ran, I think, Was the it evening. River of Lights? Yeah, he the ran one? the show that no longer exists uh, there. But, like, he, he kind of talked about. Very cool. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and I think he was there from the beginning, from like yeah. when it was like conceived on up to like running the actual show. Right. So you were a okay. So let's let's hear your history. When were you there? Was it part of the the college program? Yes, or? I was there for the college program in two thousand eight. And Disney World. Yes, Disney World okay. in Florida. Um, yeah, my I had gone to Disney in January two thousand eight with my family. And I saw something about, hey, uh, they do a Disney college program. 
was like, Ooh. there was one of those things with the little tabs of paper. I tucked it away. And then my college did a, like a little recruiting event for people who were interested in it because a bunch of people had done it and came back and had nothing but good things to say. And I love Disney. I was like, well, what could be better than working at Disney world and spending all your time there? And turns out I was right. It was pretty awesome. Um, and so I applied and then I auditioned to become an, a character, an entertainment cast member. And I got in and I was there from May 2008 to the beginning of January 2009. What was that audition process like? So I flew up to Chicago to do my audition and there were, you know, 50, 100 people there. Um, from what I remember, they check you in, they get all your information. And the most important thing is they figure out how tall you are. You get your Disney measurement. <laughs> and that sounds silly, but that is, it, is the most important thing. Is it like with the Mary Poppins tape measure? Is that what they, they you stand there and they're like, <laughs> yeah. stitch. That would have been way more fun. <laughs> um, yeah, your height is very important. They have been known to fudge it a little bit for some people, but um, I am very short. And uh, what they have is each character has a height requirement because... You want all the characters to look the same. And so if you have someone playing Mickey who is four foot nine and then someone comes out who's five foot six, that's not going to work. <laughs> like <laughs> people will figure that out pretty quick. Um, so then you do a little animating exercise. They tell you to um, like pantomime something and then you learn a dance and the dance starts out very easy and then the moves get harder and harder and harder. Um and they don't expect you to do the whole thing. They just want to see how far you get. And so then some of the people who do entertainment will be the people dancing in the parades or things like that. Did you now, were you someone who was just doing meet and greets? Did you do any like dance numbers or any of those like shows or any of that stuff? I did not. Um, I did only meet and greets, but it was great. I did one time I hung out with Welcome Show Mickey um, and I... I don't know if you've ever been at the Magic Kingdom at Rope Drop, but what they used to do was they have all the characters come out. <laughs> no, I don't get up that early. <laughs> it's pretty early. <laughs> um, the characters all come out at Rope Drop uh, on the train that's above the entrance to the park. And they all come out and wave at all the guests that are gathered there. And um, normally the Mickey for that is a trained role because uh, I believe he had a the animatronic head, where it, the articulated head, that's what it's called, uh, where the mouth can move. And, uh, but I was, I was filling in for it one day. So I got to wear the snazzy suit and, um, yeah, it was really fun. Oh, so I believe you said you worked with welcome Mickey. Now I know you've got certain vernacular. Do you mean you were welcome Mickey? <laughs> yes. Okay. See, <laughs> yeah, I already was like, oh, so yeah, I forgot that I was that like, was a thing. Yeah, the way you said it, I was like, I, I thought it was just like another dude. I was like, like, you don't even know his name. You weren't even like Walter. Yeah, but then you whatever. said the snazzy suit and I was like, oh, wait, uh, yeah, I had to remind myself. Yes, sorry. It's ingrained in me so hard to, to yeah, 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 I get yeah, that. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's instinct. I worked at a senior living community that was very similar to where it was like they had a language and things were called like it was just that was yes. their brand. I feel like it's similar with like Apple and it's like even today. Yeah, it's like every time I, I walk some into CeCe's Pizza and I'm like, mm, they didn't welcome me when I came in or <laughs> they didn't offer the blah, blah, blah. Uh, um, I'm super curious about the college program piece of it. So did you get college credit or like how did it work? 
in that way? Or was it while you were off? Was it during breaks in college? Like, no, I was there over a summer and then um, it was a summer and then a fall. And you can do okay. uh, just a spring, just a fall, or you can do fall advantage or spring advantage that goes over the summer as well. Um, okay. You can get college credits if you take classes at Disney, if your college allows it. Um, I didn't because... I was there to work at Disney and I didn't want to do classes. Um, I imagine like many teaching women's studies and being like, feminism is <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. And the reason I asked is because, so my college, we were in Virginia. And so Bush Gardens did a similar thing oh, where a lot of the nice. um, instrumentalists, I went to a conservatory. Uh, a lot can, you, of the, can you say the word conservatory? Can I say it normally? normally? Yeah, yeah, conservatory. Oh, okay. I usually always say it very it, snooty. Uh, conservatory. Yeah. Uh, but a lot they of... taught me how to, how to be a lady. And yes. I, and I walked around with a book on my head. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of my friends, uh, you know, were instrumentalists and they had stuff for sound too. Like I had friends who did the sound for Bush Gardens, who played in the shows, um, who sang in the shows, but it was more like over the summer. So it was like, they would come and recruit the college students, but it was like a paid thing where you like stayed on property or like just off property. And then it was like, kind of like a summer thing. So that's why I was kind of curious how it worked with Disney, but it sounds like there are a couple different options with Disney. Yeah. And Disney was weird about it because you couldn't be in a tipped role, um, on the college program. Um, you couldn't be a musician because, or a singer because they are all union, union right? I don't want to say union. There was a, there was a term for it and I can't remember, but they didn't call it a union. Um, it was, but it was a union. Yeah. You said you did that big audition. Was that after you got in or was that part of the, the program? Because I had a friend who did it and was so excited to go do it. And he got there. He's like, I'm going to have some cool job. He was like a film major, wanted to do all this stuff with film and animation or something like that. Mm-hmm. Got there and they're like, all right, you're checking IDs at Pleasure Island. <laughs> like, and that was his job. And he's like, <laughs> and I just remember being like, I mean, I like being at Disney, but this is nothing. <laughs> like, No, you don't do the college program to it. I, I don't think you do it to advance a career in anything, but it's, it's fun. Um, but Unless it's a career at the park. Yeah, exactly. And I, I have friends who are who still work there. Yeah, I had a, I had a friend who ended up. <laughs> uh, I can't, I can't do this because it says her last name, but she, yeah. her, she I called her the ketchup queen because she was at one point in charge of uh, all the condiments like she was in that in that department of getting <laughs> condiments everywhere and then i think she I moved on that. and then i think she moved on to pins like all the little pins that they do and then oh, cool god we should ask kim pins. to be on this show pins like they'd have the little enamel pins you can collect yeah it, it almost sounds like you're saying pen pin pin, pin. got pin. it pan those are the same words what am i saying <laughs> pan like a pen okay, or a, a pen. pin yeah, they both sound the same. A <laughs> okay. pin or a pin. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. I feel like I can hear the difference when I say it, but not when it's you gonna say come it. down to something where like a life or death situation where I need you to give me one of the, those two things, and I'm not and gonna you're like, know. What? I'm like the pin. Give me the pin. Um, well, to answer your previous question, um, I applied for the program and I auditioned, oh, and you rank what jobs you want to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so obviously I said entertainment first because I was doing the audition, but then if I didn't pass the audition, I had other things that I was like, yeah, I could do this. That would be cool. Um, but I did pass the audition. So I did get to be in entertainment. Um, I hung out with, um, Mickey and Minnie, Donald and Daisy, 
uh, Lilo and Stitch, Dopey, and Pinocchio. I, oh, I, that's I know awesome. you keep telling me what that means, but every time you say that, I'm like, I'm sure you hung out with a lot of people. Like, I'm just <laughs> like, I'm not, I keep falling now, for it, but like not falling for it. Because you're Perfect. short, sh- shorter, yes. uh, was that, did they need people your height? Like, were they, was that like yes. a difficult thing to find? Because I would imagine either very yes. tall or very short, like on either side, yep, might be exactly. more difficult. To find people to do that. If you're under five foot or over six foot, they actually say on the sign about auditioning, you will be given special consideration. So interesting. As short as I am, um, I think I probably could have just strolled in and said, yeah, I don't feel like dancing. And they'd be like, okay, great. You're in. Yeah. How often do you find that you get special consideration for your height? Is this a a new thing? Was you excited for this moment? The only time I was like, yeah, I saw it and I was like, Yes, finally, finally, something <laughs> pays, pays off. <laughs> um, who did you like uh, hanging it. out with the most? <laughs> Daisy. Daisy was my favorite. Now, why is that? Because Mickey and Minnie are nice and sweet and fun, and everyone's excited to see them. Donald and Daisy are sassy. Mm. Like, they're just like, Daisy has an attitude. Daisy, like, she's so flouncy. And Daisy would flirt with all the guys <laughs> and embarrass them so much in front of their wives. And is that something um, they dictate to you? They're like, okay, here's our, our personality profile for Daisy. Or did you guys just kind of agree to that? You just kind of figure it out as you go. Mm. You You see the other people and just steal ideas of theirs that are fun well and i was wondering too do you like well i well i was wondering if you would like hang with the other people who hang with daisy but then my thought was i know (laughs) but then my thought was well you probably aren't together (laughs) yeah but then i was like well you're probably not working the same shift right you are because oh you are interesting okay because the costumes are so hot Mm. um and i don't know if you've been to florida in the summer oh my gosh it's, it's the not worst cool. that's every every time we'd go to disney would be in august because that's when like my mom could have time off and it was miserable we used it's to go like every year awful. to visit my grandfather <laughs> now imagining imagine being at disney in august in, in one of those. two inches thick fur <laughs> and jumping around and animating and being super over exaggerated yeah um if they had people do that full time they would die yeah. How long do you, like, what What did a shift, I guess, what did a normal day look like for you? So during the summer, you can only be outside in costume for 20 minutes per hour. Wow. Yeah. So you will, you'll get there and say you are, you're Daisy One. And Daisy One will be on from the hour to 20 after. Um, and you will, after after that 20 minutes, you come in, you take your costume off, you completely change clothes because you're that sweaty, and you get over being seen in your underwear real quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then you sit there and drink a lot of water. <laughs> and then you get ready five or 10 minutes before to swap back out for your, your next, they call them a set. Got it. So did you ever, and I know, I'm trying to get the terminology right, because I feel like this might be slightly confusing. <laughs> Were you ever the person who walked around with Daisy and was like... No. Okay, so those were two different... Yes, different okay. job. The person that walks around is a character attendant. Okay. Mm. That was actually my second choice on my, uh, after being a character, was being a character attendant. Because that's really fun, too. And you get, to, yeah. you get to talk to the people, and really good character attendant can kind of 
guess what the character is saying, even though they can't talk mm. and kind of be that voice of like, Oh, look at her. She's still, like the, you can, you can play off them really well. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. really fun. Okay. Now I, I understand you probably, I, I don't know if you've, you, you ever want to burn a bridge or anything, but what's like a great story about a crummy kid or like something <laughs> great, like a story well, that like ma- maybe, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, let's do like one of those. That's like a challenging or a difficult story. And then like one of your like most favorite moments. Yeah. I feel like like wh- doing like one of each, like wh- something when, very memorable. When did you get to like instill Disney magic in someone? And it really, Oh like, man, there are, honestly, I don't remember any of the bad kids. Uh, I mean, and there weren't a lot for me, there weren't a lot of bad kids. Like, There were kids who were sad and scared and didn't want to see the character. There were a lot of bad parents who were I was going to say, yeah, how was the adult? How much I paid for this vacation. You go meet Mickey right now. And it's like, (laughs) come on. Like, God, so common. Um, But it's, they give you strategies for how to, like, maybe make a kid more comfortable. You get down to their level. You wave, like, be Mm -hmm. like, because, you know, they'll see Mickey on TV and he's this big. And then they get there and it's like, oh my God, Mickey is three times my size. Oh That's yeah. Um, so it was like kids were scared sometimes, but I didn't. I mean, there there were people um, who got uh, like beat up and attacked by guests. Uh, that has happened, uh, but those were grown adults who should know better. Yeah, and were banned wow. from the park afterwards and arrested. I think so. I. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, not good. Um, but that was like one big incident when I was there. And it happens sometimes, which is insane. But um, most of the time, it's just like, it's magic. Because these kids look at you and it's not Molly in a daisy suit. It's Daisy. And they just run up and they just wrap their arms around you like they've known you their whole lives. And they have. And you just have to, you have to be that person for them. And it's mm-hmm. just... It's, I mean, like, I get goosebumps thinking about it. It was just seeing them come up and, like, the really little kids who were really excited. That was the best. Playing with the adults was really fun, too, especially <laughs> when they get into it. Um, but the the little kids just running up and just the totally unbridled love and the hugs was just, that was my favorite. Have you seen the video going around recently of the handsy woman with Gaston? Yes. And he's like... No, and he just does not like immediately yeah. like get out of here. Well, I was Thank curious God. about that. Is there is that more the attendant that tries to enforce those kind of things? Like if somebody does something that's inappropriate, like is is there a line? Because obviously, kids coming up to hug you, you know that's going to happen. Like you yeah. have to be okay with people yes. touching you in the suit um, or when you're hanging with Daisy. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but is there is there criteria or is there? you know, like guidelines for if somebody is inappropriate or kind of pushes that boundary, you know, so I don't know if you can speak to that. So that is part of the job, yeah. Um, okay. But you also kind of have to prepare for it. I didn't really, because nobody really did that to me, but um, I had a friend who hung out with Snow White and she said that a lot of the princesses, people will tell their kid, okay, give her a kiss. And you have to be real oh. quick. She was like, you always turn real fast so they get your cheek, not your yeah. lips. Because the kids go straight for the lips. They don't know yeah. kids are snotty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gross, yeah. Pre- well, I factory. know, yeah. I Well, I was thinking about that, you know, now. I don't even say post-COVID because we're still <laughs> very much in COVID <laughs> to some extent. But, uh, 
you know, you saying the Disney magic with the kids hugging and that is sad that like they're not able to do that. But I think Disney has tried like as much as possible to still make them fun. Like I've seen videos of them and stuff. But I guess the positive is you're not getting kids running up to you trying to kiss you. (laughs) It's the the positive on that. Let's. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You're good. Well, I was going to ask if we wanted to, to kind of steer it towards Stitch. Like, how did you play? Uh, uh, I feel a little bit like behind the actor's studio. Where I'm An like, alien. Can yeah. I speak? Can I? Can we speak to Stitch yes. for a moment? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, what did you do differently? Like, what was your uh, uh, tricks or like your little like gimmicks or or, or, or bits well, you did he, with, with Stitch? Yeah. He's known to cause like yes. trouble. He's supposed to be the yes. bad boy of Disney. When I was doing yeah. my research, so I'm curious if you did any like kind of pranks or anything. Oh yeah. Um, I did a bunch of stuff you're not supposed to do when I hung out with Stitch. Um, <laughs> I smoked like, cigarettes. <laughs> I sold fireworks funny to walking kids. Into the, in the back and just seeing two princesses sitting there smoking a cigarette. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, with, I was both, I hung out with both Lilo and Stitch, um, but Stitch was way more fun because he was, he is the bad boy and that's what people want and it's what they expect. And so you get to do all this crap that you normally don't get to do. Like, you know, they have those Mr. Spray bottles with the fans to keep people cool. Oh yeah. I would just steal one from someone and just go down the line spraying people. <laughs> um I would try to pull people's uh, rings off their fingers. Um, I would. Uh, <laughs> it sounds dig- like you're legitimately like <laughs> like this so artful dodger situation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would dig through people's bags and be like, "What's in there?" And like, I would just give people like leaves, and they're like, "What?" It was great. That's, That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, yeah, I just asked because we'll go into this a little bit, like. His appearance, one of his first appearances at the parks is pretty hilarious. Have you heard the whole thing about when they, I guess it was when they did the Stitch's Great uh, Escape and the whole oh. castle was toilet papered. Oh my God. And had That's like great. Stitch's, Stitch was here like on it. <laughs> and then there, and, and then they had people running around the park like in cop uniforms being like, have you seen Stitch or have you seen this? Oh, That's awesome. Fun. No, I haven't seen that. This is this big thing. And then they had, what's his name? Cobra Bubbles is the character. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So the only one of the only times he's appeared in the park, he came out as a as a face character, which is a character who's not in a fur suit. It's like an actual like I, I'm I'm explaining this to our yes. just to, to our guests yep. to our not to our and to that our is audience. the right term. Are you face or fur? Is like, yes. Yeah. Did, was there a big like sharks versus jets uh, thing with the face and the fur? Did you guys not get along? Kind of. Um, people <laughs> viewed the entertainment as like, well, they think they're so much better than us. Like, but it's. It's mostly the the face characters who some of them get a little too convinced that they're really princesses. Oh and no! Yes, yeah. I feel like we um, podcasts the ride and other podcasts they did an we interview listened with to. The they did an interview with a really princess, good. and she shared that there that divide and and yeah. how even if you try to not be a part of that divide, right. it's it kind of is just inherently there. Yeah, I had a friend who was approved as Belle, and. She would do those character breakfasts and she said she would hang out with all the other princesses and she I always remember the, her, the look on her face because she would go, they are bitter. Just like the <laughs> horror. Like, they are so bitter. Like, oh, jeez. And that's why I'm like, I'm glad I did it for seven months because I still remember it very fondly. But if I stuck around any more than that, I think I would have grown right. to not have fun yeah. with that. Well, I feel like at some point you would have would have moved into something like more career driven than yes. And my a couple one of my friends that is still there that started out as a character now does 
um, like entertainment direction and mm-hmm. she works on all the shows and stuff like that. That's great. You're also not a performer, so that makes sense. That Correct. You would, yeah. Um, but so Stitch, they, they have the castle of toilet paper. Cobra Bubbles comes out, makes an announcement. If you see this alien, please call the Galactic, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then they do their normal like morning like or whatever show they're going to do. And apparently if you watch the castle, like Stitch is crawling or like – they have Stitch like hooked up so they're not gonna fall, but they're like in the parapets, like looking around. Oh, that's and really And then they fun. bring out, and then like the show gets to the end, but then like a big present comes out, and they're like, "What's this?" And Stitch bursts out. Uh huh. A bunch of people dressed like Elvis and with lays and yeah. do all that stuff. So uh, I'll have to like I just saw a thing for it and saw pictures. I'll have to see if I can find an actual video. But, yeah, that yeah. sounds awesome. Um, if you could go back and be any character or like a face character, a fur character, or any sort of person, like doesn't matter that you don't look anything like that person, like, or that you're not the tall. Like you're given, height. like yeah, you're given, <laughs> like they're like Molly. We want to give you carte blanche to be whoever you want to be. Who who do you oh, think you man. would be? Um, Sorcerer Mickey, who I'm actually the right height. Oh to be. yeah yeah yeah. Um, at the end of Phantasmic, which is my absolute favorite thing in the parks. Uh, Sorcerer Mickey comes up out of the mountains, out, out of the mountain at the back, and like conducts the fireworks. Mm-hmm. And I cry every single time. You can ask Jordan. <laughs> I wept openly <laughs> at this when we went. <laughs> um, and that is just the the coolest thing to me. Just that that moment is so amazing. Fantasmic as a whole is the absolute coolest thing. Um, but that moment is just, it, it's magic to me. I know how it all works. I've like, I've seen it backstage, but it's, it's still magical. When you go back, do you go to Daisy or anybody and be like, I, I hung out with Daisy too. Like, do you ever like, is no, there like a secret but... code or handshake you do? And they're like, you're one of <laughs> There's us. There's not a secret code, but if you see someone like I would see characters when I was walking around the park off, off, uh, when I was off and, uh, the code is, I knows you. And so it's like, oh, it's somebody you know. <laughs> they can't say anything, so they can just go oh, that's uh, fun. tap their eye, tap their nose, and point at you real quick. Hmm, uh, but yeah, I go see the characters, and they don't know, but they can guess because of the way I act with them. Because um, I'm so used to like, okay, they can't talk, so here's how they communicate, and just like playing into it. Do you, Who do you think you would be, Tara, if you got hired and could oh be anybody? Gosh. I mean, I just asked this question, so it's not like a sh- complete shocker. <laughs> I know, but I didn't really think about it. I haven't been in so long, so I'm also trying to remember, like, what characters I enjoyed interacting with. I could tell you, and this this probably is no surprise. I would it's... love to be Maleficent. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or, like, I mean, but she's, like, a big one, so I'm trying to think of, like, no, a but different that's, one. Be that, yeah. yeah. Why not? This yeah, is all Yeah, I would imaginary. love to. And I loved seeing the recently, um, I follow a ton of Disney Instagram accounts, and the what they did for their Halloween, what they're doing for their Halloween, where like everybody's kind of on platforms and you can kind of like walk by all the different characters. The Wicked Queen, uh, I think would be really fun to play Mm. too. I think she would be fun. Uh, So I guess I'm picking face versus fur. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's probably a good way to go. I, 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 this is not really who I would pick, but I, I just have a very strong memory of my like first trip to Disney world as a kid. And you're going to laugh uh, getting the autograph of Prince John. I and have I, Prince John's autograph I, too from when I was my, I have my autograph right. book from when I was young. I very distinctly remember that for costume. Yeah. Um because 
A, he looks meaner than he does in the in the movie, and B, like it was in the eighties when I saw him, and he's from the seventies, and he was already kind of looking a little like old. Because there's the <laughs> ones that look old that I never want him to change, like the big bad wolf who has like no presence outside of the park, but has that like one with the tongue hanging out, and like Captain Hook's head looks like it's like almost paper mache. Like there's ones that look old that I'm like, never change. Captain never Hook change. could totally be a face character and he's not. And I don't understand. I don't understand. There's some face characters yeah. that aren't face characters that yeah. are, 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 and are weird. Jack they, Skellington. Have you, the Jack Skellington one. We've talked about how creepy it is. It's yeah. very creepy. It's, it's the worst. Um, final question. Did you steal anything that you, you shouldn't have taken like from your job? I feel like I have a Mickey glove. Oh, but okay. I don't know where. Um, and I stole um, the headgear just to show because I was it was so hard to describe to people. I was like, I'm just taking one of these. Like um, the, you have to wear under the helmet to keep your head. Correct. And it right, okay. sizes to your head. And then the the exterior head clips into it. Um, so it stays on securely or it's supposed to. It doesn't always, but it's right. supposed to. <laughs> Oh, so I, have... I have one of those. I don't know where it is, but I definitely stole one of those. I have a question. Yeah. Did you or anyone you know while you were there, was there an incident where like a head would fall off? Like when someone's in a park, I feel like that's like a, a mortifying moment. And I don't know it if you is. want to it talk It happened to me that. once. It didn't come off, but it flipped up actually oh, okay. with Stitch. Um, the, the collar part that tucks into the head was kind of loose and it's, supposed to be like a wire that tucks in there so it stays and mm-hmm. it just didn't um and fortunately it was with an adult um so it didn't traumatize some poor child that's good yeah um but i immediately went my my attendant took me backstage and i fixed it and i came back out and the lady was there she's like sorry stitch <laughs> she felt really I, bad about it which was nice there's a video there's a video i've seen of miss i want to say mrs no mrs incredible i was like mrs fantastic that's not right mrs incredible where she has like her hair is a piece and then her face is like this and just her face just falls off. <gasps> oh <laughs> my God. And her head's still there and there's like kind of, you can see a face underneath yeah. it and all the kids are like, ah! uh, <laughs> I mean, cause off. I feel like that. I think it's in Japan. So it's like someone in Japanese be like, Oh, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. <laughs> well, I feel like, you know, accidents happen. And I feel like too, when you're in the heat, I would imagine like yeah. that probably makes things, I, I think different temperatures and stuff like that probably affect Different parts of the costume, but yeah, I feel like there's there's got to be those moments, and I'm glad you only really had one. Yeah, so that's it's, good. It's wild how different they are at other parks. Um, because I've been to every Disney except Shanghai. Oh wow! And um, at Tokyo Disney when I was there, now this was ten years ago, um, they didn't have the lines for the characters. It's just like the character comes out and then a mass of people descend upon them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, It was awful for them. Um, Oh, I don't, I could definitely not be a character in that park then, or at least if that was still a case, because I would get instant anxiety that many people up to me at once. I had anxiety for her. I was like, I was dying to see Daisy because she's my girl. Um, And so I did wind up getting a picture with her, but it was like, I had to fight through a crowd and to get a second, it was awful. Um, it, and sometimes I think at Disney now they're doing it a walking set where you don't just stand in that one spot mm-hmm. you just walk around the parks and I got to do a couple of those it was very rare but they always tell you you have to walk with a purpose because if you hesitate 
People will stop you. They will want an autograph. Mm -hmm. They will want a photo and a line will form. So you just have to keep moving. Thanks, Molly, for all that information. Uh, You're going (laughs) to stick around for the beginning uh, with us and then... Uh, you got to go. So are we ready to start? Sure, yeah. I know this is going to be a little bit of a long one, but I, I, I love I would, those stories. I'm always so fascinated about like the inner workings of the parks and there's stuff that, you know, is public knowledge. There's stuff that's not. And it's kind of fun to hear about it. I also and- like talking with a fellow fur character because I was the Easter bunny once. I don't know if we've talked about that <laughs> on this podcast. I don't know that we've talked about it on the air. In, in which I was begrudgingly assigned Ryan will do it and I did it for a, a, a high school uh, service project and you then did it because a cute girl asked you to do it a cute girl came up and she I know was I feel like, like you have to tell that part of the story a bunny nose and like drew like oh, lines well, yeah. and like what had uh, you know whatever and she goes hey does one of you do one of you want to be the Easter bunny and I was like me <laughs> and she goes all right follow me and we like and, and followed her back she goes here's your costume and i never saw her again <laughs> and uh she handed me the costume and my buddy tommy was like my handler or whatever and these kids would come up and they're like don't say anything just like sit on their t- whatever and they like there was a big hole in the mouth so they all look up at me and be like trying to talk to me and i'm like not supposed to talk to them oh no and this one kid is like i can see you in there i know you're not the easter bunny kept like running up and doing that <laughs> And finally, I turned to him. I go, how do you know I didn't just eat the last kid? <laughs> and he went. Aah! And I was like, I raised my hand. I'm like, bathroom break. And like, me and the guy like ran off to the bathroom. And it was like, in a, I remember it was in elementary school. So like, it's, you ladies don't understand this, but they have, there's two different levels of urinal. Yeah. So there's like kids urinal only in like the kindergarten elementary school mm-hmm. we're at. So I'm like. Like, uh, I just want you to imagine this Easter bed, Easter bunny head off, like squatting so I can like get down to the urinal and like holding up this oh frumpy costume, but also like trying to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And I'm like, Tommy, you got to block the door. No kid can see this. Like, this is <laughs> awful. <laughs> so Tom, I just hear him going like, oh, you can't come in. They're like, why? And he's like, oh, and I'm like, just. Tell them it's flooded. I don't care. Like, you don't have to come up with a real reason. <laughs> it's anyway. gas leak. Uh, very dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So that's that's my fur costume that's story. funny. So let's get started on 2002's yes. Lilo and Stitch. Did you I got nail it? it? Thank yes. God. Literally, it went Lilo. Lilo, Lilo, Lilo. It's <laughs> the worst. Okay. So it got an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it is the second of three Disney films that were primarily p- produced at the Florida Animation Studio. The other two, do you know the other two, Ryan? Um, was one of them we've done, one of them we've not done. Is it yet. Emperor's New Groove? One of them? What they didn't it? list that. Well, just tell me. Uh, Mulan and Brother Bear. Right, right, right. Um, this one was one that they, that was designed to be done on the cheap. So I had heard some. Oh, interesting. Heard oh, some really? rumors. Yeah. So it, it was, but it, it, the rumors I had heard is like this one was supposed to be straight to video, and they just released it, and that really wasn't the case. There was a concerted effort for this one to be like Dumbo where it was, we're going to release one that's economically like cheaper, mm. but is going to still hold up to certain things. So they yeah. did, they, they, they did certain things to make sure it was less, it was less money. They had less of a budget. They had less time. They had less people. It was really just one person's, um, the, the, the director, Chris Sanders, I believe it was his like vision. So they kind of did a bunch of that with him. With the idea of like this is going to be a cheaper one that comes out, and it was 
funny because it's the one that makes the most money like yeah. So, in yeah. the 2000s. In in the 2000s it was this and oh shoot. Now I got it. Princess and the Frog. This and yeah. Princess and the Frog are the only two films released in the 2000s that get not only critical praise but they make their money back in their initial theatrical run. Right. Out of all the films that they came out with. I think other ones get close. This one like this one was like made for 80 million and made like 200 and something million yeah like you were looking at other ones that were made for like a hundred made for more money and then also didn't necessarily yeah and then we've got we'll go into treasure planet next time but like treasure planet is the first one that like they put more money into it it makes nothing like yeah bad Mm -hmm. well this one also was nominated for best animated feature so we mentioned in a previous episode that award at the academy awards started i believe in 2001 with shrek and Shrek is the first one to win. Yes. We're so also now in a post-Shrek year. world. Yeah. Which is, I think, part of the reason why this one does well as opposed to the other ones. Yeah. Because the other ones, Disney is so earnest. Like, like Shrek is, hey, isn't it stupid we're watching an a, a animated movie? <laughs> I'm Shrek. Like, And th- all the Disney movies are pretty, like, even the goofy ones like Emperor's New Groove are pretty earnest. and They aren't super like the they're earnest in their storytelling like mm-hmm. like emperor's new groove is like making jokes like this is a movie and we know it but they're not like isn't this stupid this is a movie you're doing like the pop culture thing and i think they're losing a lot of people that way and then this one comes in and that whole marketing campaign which we can get into now if you want do you guys remember well, the marketing campaign or you want to go with that later we can do it now i just wanted Let's to go share this and we'll come i back. just wanted to share about the award yeah, and then we can ahead. swing back but so it was nominated it didn't win spirited away one mm, oh well okay. and it was nominated one of the best movies of all time yeah so. and it was nominated with spirited away ice age which is funny cuz now there's a million ice age so the original ice age there are five I uh spirit stallion of the Cimmerion. thank you mm. and which tre- is a f- Treasure Planet was also nominated. I think Treasure Planet is good. It just didn't do well. Yeah. I remember liking it, but I don't remember anything about it. I, and I feel like I'm getting it, part of it confused with Titan AE. Yes. They, yeah. They came, similar. They both did not do well. But um, the, the marketing campaign around this one, because it was one where they were like, the whole story is him kind of like learning to get along with this girl. And they were like, we don't think there's a trailer here. Like we can't really pick enough scenes that are like interesting enough to mm-hmm. do a trailer. So we'd have to do a whole new stuff. And they said, well, well we have an idea. What if stitch is getting loose in other movies? Yeah. So they had like, it would start off and it was like bell and, and beauty and the beast dancing. And then stitch accidentally like breaks the chandelier <laughs> on them. And they're like, get your own movie. Like that's the thing is they always go get your own movie. Um, my favorite was the one where it's a whole new world and Stitch pulls up in his like jalopy looking spaceship playing You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog mm-hmm. and like opens the thing and Jasmine looks at him like, oh my. And then it cuts to like her <laughs> flying off with Stitch and Aladdin's like, hey, like I that was my favorite one. But there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, there's a bunch. And the idea I in the villain book that you got me, they yeah. Stitch is in there and they talk about... He's creating trouble everywhere he goes. Right. And he's kind yeah. of this anti-hero. And um, I mentioned it earlier, but the new bad boy of Disney. That's yes. like yeah. what they termed him. And I think that's why people gravitated towards this movie. Because at this point, they're like, the, the Renaissance is like 
petering out and everyone's, I mean, you know, they're still doing this like every year of Disney movies coming out. Yeah. And I think they were sick. They were getting tired of it. So having them come in and go like, Hey, this ain't your, this, this ain't old stuff. This is funny. This is new. Like, I think it, it really resonated with people. Yeah. The other thing I read too about Stitch, they said a challenging part of him was it was difficult to read his emotion because he has no pupils. Mm. And Ooh. so they said one of the things that they that made it easier was he was very physical. Yes. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I think people really love about Stitch came out of a challenge of how do we read his emotions because I mean that, of the way he's animated. We've talked about that before with the different looks of Mickey Mouse and how he yeah. eventually they gave him pupils and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, I wanted to go into a little bit of how much they um, tried to be authentic to the island of Hawaii mm-hmm. because I think it's really important. We and we try to share that when it happens. Disney's always good about you know when it's Lion King and they had lions come in the studio. You know they always go places. They always do things. But I think they went above and beyond with this one. And I good. just wanted to mention it a little bit. They had two Hawaii-born cast members. Um, Tia I'm, Carrere. Yes, and, and Jason Scott. Jason Scott Lee. Do you yeah. remember who Jason Scott Lee is? No. Mowgli from the 1994 oh my Jungle Book. The That's one awesome. that was really a Tarzan movie, but yeah. they called it Jungle Book. That's fun. Uh, but they helped the writers with the dialogue and the accents. So yeah. that was something that uh, they really wanted to make sure they got right. Um. They would literally give them lines and they'd go, actually, I think they'd say it like this. Like they rewrote, like yeah. there's, there's a scene in one where they go, I guess Jason Scott Lee's character says like, what do you think? And he goes, he goes, no, he said, did you think? Or something like that. Like, he's like, this is how we talk on the Island and this, that, and the other. Yeah. There was, That's there was nice a lot they of, gave them that freedom to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It lent an authenticity and it was definitely like, like they were like, tell us how they would say this. There was actually, they do a lot of stuff with island culture. There's, did you have the, the information about the deleted scene with the tourists? No, I don't have that. There's, there was a lot of stuff they actually cut because they thought people wouldn't be into this, but I think it's authentic where like tourists would pull over and ask Lilo like, do you speak English? Where's the oh, beach? And she yeah. would like, like the first person came up and goes, hey, where's the beach? And she points to the left. I go, thanks. And the next person goes, hey, you speak English? Where's the beach? And she just looks at him and points the completely other way. <laughs> and then they, they go on to the beach and they're like, attend. And she's walking by someone. They go, hey, is the, uh, is the air siren practice today? And she's like, yeah, I think so. And then she goes to the beach. She's like, attention, tourists. That is a tsunami warning. If you hear it, there are hundred foot waves coming. And then like it goes off and they're all like, ah, they all run away. It's just That's like, it's like it's, there's that. a whole thing about that island culture of like authentic islanders versus the tourists. Yeah. Like, and that sort of thing. Well, they also talk about how throughout the film, all almost all the landscape scenes are recognizable locations in Hawaii. Oh, and that's that, really cool. That's what cool. they say. And that supposedly where they are is Kauai. I was about to say, they went to Kauai. Is yeah, it? Okay. and but they said that a lot of, you know, if you're familiar with Hawaii, you should be able to pick out different landscapes really of cool. where they are along the way. The other thing I wanted to mention is they captured a traditional Hawaiian dance from uh, the, the hula. Disney took a camera crew to a hula school. Mm-hmm. And it's H-A-L-A-U. 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 I'm not sure. I know. I don't want to butcher it, and I probably just did. But uh, that was the name of the school. And what I wanted to just mention here, and Molly, I'm curious, have you been to Alani? No, I haven't. Okay. So, listeners, if you're 
interested in kind of a deep dive into Hawaiian culture and how Disney does it. They do it here, which I think is great. We're going to see it in Moana as well. Moana will talk about it more. But I just listened to an episode. I love her. Um, I will praise her all the time. Carly Weisel. She has a podcast called Very Amusing. And she did an episode where she talks to like one of the Imagineers who was in an integral part in creating Alani, as well as like one of the people who's the head of like all the entertainment and all the shows and things that happen there. And it's very similar to this. Mm. To where they took the stories of where Alani is located, the stories of the people that were there and have been there for generations, and those stories are in the luau. Like, when you go to the luau at Alani. Cool. And apparently, like, all of the decor in Alani, everything means something. And there's one restaurant where everything is labeled in Hawaiian. So how what it would be called, what it would be referenced. And... There's like a trail you can go on where you find like little secrets and it's like this hour and a half long thing that you can do almost like a little scavenger hunt. And it teaches you about uh, the area and about, you know, Hawaiian culture. There's so, so, so much. So if you're interested in that, I would say definitely listen to that episode. But I really appreciate it that Disney seemed to go the extra mile with this one to pay tribute to Hawaii. And they do that eventually with Alani. I think Alani is now 10 years old, Mm. I think. Um, I just recently did a 10-year anniversary. And the other thing that's kind of a fun connection to Moana, supposedly David is wearing a fish hook, like the one used by Maui. And Mm. Maui is a demigod who's a very important figure in Polynesian culture. And how do you say this? M-A-O-R-I. Maori. Maori. That's... uh... Shaboy Boba Fett. Oh. He's Maori. Uh, so in both Maori and Polynesian culture, the fishhook plays an important role in the legend of Maui. So it makes sense that David would also be mm. wearing that. So I thought that was a cool touch too. Um, that's the that's the thing that Disney just knocks it out of the park. Really, in every in in the parks in the movies, just the attention to detail is always just the the more you look at it, the more little things you'll find and you can just see how much time and love goes into it and i think we've talked about like sometimes they have a little trouble dealing with cultural issues yes and the authenticity and i feel like this they they did it right they did right by it i mean again i think i'm not hawaiian but i think it's you know we're getting to the point because we talked about the very multicultural cast and crew in atlantis yes and i think we're getting to a point we're getting better and better but like if you think about like all the way going back to like the, the 70s and 80s and 90s with them they're like it's a bunch of white guys doing it but at least they're like we went here and we did this and there's there's some attention paid there's mm-hmm. not the perfect amount but like yeah i think the animators had a, a a good heart and whether or not their industry is actually well diversified and all that is another question yeah but yeah. i think the disney people do a pretty good job at least doing you know they do the due diligence and yeah things. it's nice that they're trying yeah. yeah and that's why and when i see that they're trying yeah. yeah and when i listen to the alani episode on carly's podcast it was neat because i listened to that first and then did my research for this and i was like oh this is really cool that some of this parallel you know some of it parallels that they wanted the disney magic but they didn't want like Mickey and Minnie are not at the center. Like they show up at the luau, but it's not about Mickey and Minnie. Oh, at Alani, at Alani. I was like Mickey and Minnie are in. Yeah. Oh, not in Lilo this. No, but I I like that. You know, that was them being like, we want the island to be like yeah. we. So so I thought that that was cool. The other thing I have as far as it goes for, uh, with the animation, 
they used computer colored digital cells instead of hand painted, but they were hand drawn is mm. what I read. I don't know mm. if you came across that at all. Well, I read that the backgrounds were all watercolor. Yes, that I read that as well. And it, apparently that was the first to feature watercolor painted background since Dumbo. And Yeah, in over 50 years. Again, oh, th- this yeah. movie has a very weird... Like, in a lot of ways, connection to Dumbo. Well, and you can... Did you read that Dumbo appears? So something to look out for. There's a Dumbo stuffed animal when Lilo and... Is it Nani? I think so, but we'll find out very soon. Yeah. When they're watching The Falling Star, which is really Stitch's uh, spaceship crashing, Mm -hmm. there's a Dumbo stuffed animal Mm -hmm. in the room. So that's something to look out for. So yeah, it is interesting of the the weird Dumbo connections to this film. Because the other piece that I read is it takes place in a present timeline. Which is a big thing in Dumbo. And that was a thing in Dumbo and a couple other movies as well. Uh, I have a couple more things, but I don't know. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the look of this this movie. That's okay if I can go off on that for a bit. Um, So it was originally Chris Chris Sanders. This was his idea for a picture book in the 80s that he kind of had knocking around his head. About an alien, you know, falling to earth and like being not having a home and all that mm-hmm. and he eventually you know pitched it as an idea they they, they liked him and they wanted to, he goes well i have an idea and i want to do this and he wrote out a whole big pamphlet with illustrated pictures him and this other uh writer dean du dublois and they uh you know they wrote this out they sent it to everybody and they had a very distinct style and they went we really like this you know it really helped sell the idea because he's like it's a weird idea i need you to see what i'm looking at and how mm-hmm. this can actually be cute yeah. But this is one of the few Disney movies where he went, okay, this is how everyone's going to look. Now you're going to make them look like this. Yeah. Typically in the past, they'd done the supervising animators and been like, you're going to be, you know, like, what is Jafar going to look like? What is the genie going to look like? And everybody mm-hmm. kind of had their own say. And they, you know, they had a general look that it all came together. But this movie doesn't really look like a lot of other Disney movies. There's a lot of differences. And that's because it's his distinct style. And was he the art director? He was the you know? director and he okay. was everything, but yeah, but he was I, also kind of that. I have a quote from the art director, and I did not write down their name, uh, from the villain book that said, all the sketches have a roundness that's yes. puffed up a little bit, almost like you could hug the movie without cutting yourself or getting poked by anything. That was a big thing. They wanted to do round. They wanted everyone. They, they wanted, wanted all everybody the... to be feel comforted. Yes. Yeah. Um, Andreas Deja, our the guy who did Scar, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Jafar, all of our great villains, actually is the supervising animator for Lilo. And he came out, he goes, it's very interesting to go in and do this and have someone go, this is what they're going to look like and hand it to me. And, yeah. you know, he wanted to be on this project. I forgot what he dropped off. I think he dropped off of Emperor's New Groove when it was it when it lost its serious tone and went and did this. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple, the, the all the aliens in this are meant to look aquatic. Oh, interesting. I have I, I have something about the aliens. I read that, but then I also have something else about the aliens. Did you read about the Winnie the Pooh connection? No, can I? Let me. Yeah, the, go the ahead with your they thought. Want, so all the aliens, they wanted them to look aquatic so that it would connect to Hawaii. Like the idea mm. that like, it's kind of like they wanted the themes to match. So it like there was kind of a connecting line. Like they still looked alien, but at the same time, they fit in this environment. Yeah. Well, I read that a lot of the background aliens have designs based on Winnie the Pooh. So something to look out for. Apparently, Rue, Piglet, oh, and Tigger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll have to see if we can kind of spot them at all. Because I, I don't know. I found that kind of interesting that they did that. Um I have a couple things to look out for. I don't know if you want it to, if you have more on the animation style or anything like that. The sand, so there's a sandcastle that 
they build during the Hawaiian roller coaster ride, and it's the replica of the Sleeping Beauty castle. Oh, wow. So that was something I thought was fun. When Stitch crash lands, he's chattering in the alien language. Apparently, he says Chewbacca. You know that's the director <laughs> so, who does his voice. I read that, yeah. It was like yeah. an annoying voice he would do around the office, and then he started like attributing it to when he would read Stitch lines, and they just go, why don't you just do it? Like, And then he <laughs> just does it. Uh, and then there's also a restaurant on the boardwalk called the Mulan Walk. Uh, and then also there's a Mulan poster in one of the rooms. That's cool. That we have to look out for. And the other thing I wanted to mention when we were going back to focusing on the Hawaiian culture and kind of bringing that into the film. Uh, Alan Silvestri, is yes. he the one who did the music? Is mm-hmm. that the name right? He collaborated with a Hawaiian hula master. I have his name, but I'm not. I know I won't say it right, okay. but his first name is Mark. Uh, you got Mark. I got Mark. Um, <laughs> he had him collaborate on the score. Oh, cool. So I found that interesting because we talk about that too. Um, I know with Princess on the in the Frog a little bit later on, you know, talking about who did the score versus maybe who should have done the score, right, right, you know, right. to keep it more authentic. And it sounds like, again, that was, that was made clear here to do that. Uh, also, this is something that we've talked about, I think, in Toy Story maybe, but most all, almost all the license plates in the film are A113. Yeah. And this is also Mrs. Davis license plate in Toy Story. It's Mater's license plate in Cars, and it's used in other films. It it's is the everywhere. Refer- yeah. It's the reference to the room number at Cal- at the California Institute of the Arts where many of the animators went to school. Mm. And in the villain book, they have like six or seven pictures from all the movies where it appears. So I'll put that up on the Facebook page because it's kind of fun. To spot it. In Nemo, I think it's on the, when they take a picture, mm-hmm. it's like on the goggles or on the camera or something like, so it's in a bunch of different films. And then the other thing from the villain book, you know, they say there's, there's no actual villains, but I think we will use Dr. Jumba. I mean, he is a villain, but they're like, not in the way you think of villains. He's we'll, just, we'll discuss it. Yeah. When we we'll discuss it, yeah. it when we get there. You know, he created experiment 626, which is stitch and then just needs to get him back. But they kind of talk about that in the villain book, you know, mm-hmm. how they're a little bit different than what we think of when we think of like the stereotypical villain in a film. More of an antagonist. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So uh, a couple things they've done since this movie came out, or when it was being worked on in in this. One thing I want to talk about is the Disney Plus change. There was a scene where, like, Lilo, like, goes and hides in a dryer, and, like, Nani has to, like, talk to her. Apparently, in in, in this one, what you'll see is it's, like, it's, it's like, a cabinet, and then with, like, a pizza box thing that's supposed to be the opening because they wanted like they didn't obviously didn't want kids to like go and go i'm gonna go oh, hide in the dryer play in the dryer which you yeah. know is i i get that one um another big thing this movie obviously was being developed when um the tragedy of 9-11 happened and a, a, the original ending for this was when they take uh lilo lilo away you, you, you had it i <laughs> think the first lilo time. away um I had it, but my brain was like, it, like it came out fine. But my brain was like yeah. sending every impulse. Anyway, um, when they're taking her away, Stitch goes and and hijacks uh, uh, like a seven, seven forty seven. Is that the, the sure. uh, highlights a, a jumbo jet? And they go through downtown and they're like steering through tall buildings and stuff Ooh. like that. So then nine eleven happens, and apparently these directors like 
weren't asked to change it. They called up and were like, hi, we already have a plan in place. Mm. We're figuring out what to do. Like, this has got to be different, blah, blah, blah. But you can still see, like, early things and and stuff like that. And I think now, like, looking at it, it's it's not like... You wouldn't think about it, but if it happened, came out like the year afterwards, you'd be like, oh, that's geez. too fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we just recently watched Armageddon. Oh, yeah. Where they. Which came out before. Bef- yeah. Armageddon and came out before. I was like very triggered by several different things that I'm like, in a post 9 11 world, it hits you differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When and the asteroid, the little asteroids hit New York and like. Yeah. And I, I, you were also, like, I, don't I was like in this. New Jersey. I was in New Jersey. You know, I, yeah. I mean, everyone has their own very personal stories with that. But, um, but yeah, I was like, this is making me uncomfortable. So I'm, I appreciate, especially being that close to 9 11, that they yeah. really thought about that and changed it. And I think it was probably the right thing to do at that time. Absolutely. I mean, now I don't. I haven't seen this in a while. And I'm actually really excited to see this because I feel like this is one of the ones that I was like, I poo-pooed. For some reason in my head, it's like Emperor's New Groove where I was like, I don't really like, everyone thinks Emperor's New Groove is so great, but I don't think it's that great. And then I watch it, I'm like, oh, this is great. Yes. I, I feel like this might be in the I same. I was about to say, hold on. Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah. I think I thought it's, of Emperor's it's New Groove. Spoiler alert, is... when the episode will have come out by the yeah, time yeah. this one comes out, but Ryan really liked Emperor's New Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's the best. It's great. I, I think I thought of it in the same vein as like Shrek, as like when I saw Shrek, I was like, this is so funny because it's making fun of it. But then it's like kind of mean-spirited and, and rude and, and, and Emperor's New Groove isn't that. But you've heard the new Emperor's New Groove uh, uh, episode and how much I really talked up, how much I really enjoyed. I know. The now you're gonna get a bone to pick uh, mail about not liking Shrek. Shrek does not hold <laughs> up like a Disney movie. Okay, Shrek in a lot of ways ruined a lot of like family animation, and we can go into that in the, probably the next few series because I think Disney tries to recreate Shrek coming up with like Chicken Little and stuff like that. But we'll go into that in a little bit. Um. Real quick, before we start the movie, uh, I have two questions for you, Molly. First of all, let's talk about, did you ever go on Stitch's Great Escape or Stitch's? I did. Did you also go on the Alien Encounter? I feel like I skipped that one. Oh, it's the best, I right? I love it. I had only done it as Alien Encounter. I don't know that I did it while it was Stitch's. I don't think Stitch's... I've been on Stitch's Great Escape. Yeah. There's some really, it's it's closed now and some of the animatronics have gotten into major disarray, like to a frightening level, almost more frightening than Alien at first. It was scary. I mean, I I did not love that ride. I thought, I it was just they were in the dark, like the whole time. Did you enjoy the chili dog smell when he burps in your face or whatever? Which apparently <laughs> I is- didn't. You know, Disney is usually so on point with the smells, but that one, I don't, I remember people being like, oh, what do you think of this? I, I didn't really, it wasn't that strong. Well, I didn't... it apparently legitimately made some guests nauseous. Oh. <laughs> oh maybe they had toned it down yeah, by the time yeah. I went on it, because I didn't get it at all. But yeah, I mean, you're in the dark the whole time. I And there were a lot of, you know, you know how people are with Disney rides where something goes away and, oh, that was the best. And oh, I, I... I've I, never had very much attachment to that one. I just I just love Alien Encounter. I know. I'm the same way with uh, the Great Movie Ride, which I know is sacrilegious, but... Oof. Well, did you... I, I wanted them to do the one where they just redo it as a Muppet ride, and it's just yes. Muppets doing everything, but anyway. Oh, please, Scott. Ne- everything's better with Muppets. Neither here nor there. Um, Molly, I know you got to get going. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for, for all your great information about being... A, a Disney fur character and we usually do this at the end but we're going to do this now and that's asking you like we ask all our guests 
to plug something, whether it's a personal project, whether it's just a piece of media you've been enjoying recently, or maybe just a sentiment you want to put out there in the world, uh, please feel free to plug away. Um, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, go watch Ted Lasso. How about that? Ted Lasso is the happiness that everyone, the happiness that everybody needs right now. The kindness and God, it's just, it's the best show. I really wish you could purchase it out. I mean, I guess you could just purchase a month of, I don't know. Yeah. Just binge it. I guess. Well, cool. Are they done with season two? Is season two wrapped up? Are season two is done, and we are going to binge the entirety of season two. But okay. my mom has been keeping me updated with how amazing it is. Does your mom have Apple <laughs> Apple Plus? Is that why? Uh, yeah, mom has up. My parents have Apple Plus, and yeah. that is why we have there Apple Plus. I mean, we yeah. have our own that we definitely pay for. Well, cool, guys. Thanks again, Molly. Uh, and uh, I think now it's time to get the VHS out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR. <laughs> All right. See you on the other side, listeners. Aloha, listeners. We're back. (laughs) And I loved it. I remember liking this movie. I don't think we really talked about it in the top. I'd seen it, but maybe once or twice. This isn't one that I've watched a lot. And now that I've rewatched it, I will watch this one probably more frequently. It's so funny. It gives me all the feels. I got, I cried at the end. It's you got so really, good. you got really teared up a few times. Yeah. There's some really emotional moments, I think, in this film. There's some things about it that I was kind of iffy on, but like overall, there's some really good laughs. It's very inventive and new and like, it's, it's like a weird combination of things that like, I feel like, I feel like when there's kind of this weird, um, confluence of 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 multiple strange things usually one of them is like big in pop culture at the time and i don't think any of these are like it's three very disparate strange things it's it's i guess hawaii and elvis kind of go together Mm -hmm. but like it's hawaii and elvis and aliens like it's it's just such a weird creative melting pot of strange ideas that works that works pretty well Mm -hmm. i'm curious what you didn't care for um some of Jumba's humor was like too winky. Like when they started playing like um, hot potato, oh, back and forth. Like yeah. him, like I, I kind of like Stitch having some kind of like weird cultural, like pop culture sayings because he's been living with his Earth family and he's been reading all the books and things like that, so he could have picked. Stuff but like up. Jumba doing it, it just he just felt like a weird, goofy character. I see. Yeah. Like there's there is that. I I. I didn't like that Lilo like bit and and fought someone at the beginning. Like it, I don't know. I have a real issue with like, oh, kids yeah, shouldn't like that's. But like, I think I'm not saying that it was right that she did that, but she makes that comment later on when Stitch is going crazy, and she's like, "I know why you did that." Like because she's unhappy because she's dealing with the fact that her parents died and a lot of times in younger kids that's how you see them act out i think some of it is this is definitely a pg i'm looking at the rating right now i see it's a pg yeah and like i think i'm more okay with a pg that's like violence or something like that it's a little more intense yeah because i feel like that pushes kids away when it's a pg because of things like that or things like but it's still like goofy and silly for Mm -hmm. kids like to me it feels like I don't know. I got this weird feeling like kids could come out of this. There's an age I think shouldn't watch this because 
they're impressionable and it's like stitch destroys a lot of stuff and like lilo does some things like i like lilo how weird she is but like the her getting a fight at the beginning really rubbed me the wrong way like coming right off this thing well, and the and fight she has with her sister while kind of real is also yeah and for me i see it the complete opposite way i see it as like oh if i'm a kid who's frustrated i at least know i'm not going through it alone that like Maybe. these emotions like as a kid, you have these emotions and you don't know how to express them, right? That's like when kids are young and they can't really talk, that's a temper tantrum. Yeah, Is but- you expressing that? And I, I get what you're saying, that a kid might not see into that, but I, I also think kids pick up on more than you think, too. I don't feel like Lilo ever learned the lesson of, like, you shouldn't punch and, and do these things. Like I feel like Lilo's journey is just like, my family's kind of coming together. Like, I don't know. I think she was an interesting character, but like, I felt more connected. Like, I like Nani's story a lot. Yeah. I also, I also think felt she no longer frust- acts out oh, because, hold on. oh, sorry. I, I also still felt her frustration of like everything going on that I felt like she, like, I kind of found myself getting mad at Lilo. I was like, stop, stop doing these things. And like, Stitch is doing some of them, but yeah. I, I don't know. There was a little of that in there. I don't know. I feel very defensive of Lila with like what you're saying because I look at it as she learned her. I don't even know if it's a the lesson learned is like she was frustrated, she was angry, she didn't take, she shouldn't have done what she did. She tried to apologize to the girls, and I think as her family comes together and as she gets normalized, the other thing about children is routine is key. They mm-hmm. need a routine and Lilo had no routine. So that also causes chaos. I'm not putting her at fault. I just felt out of everyone there, I felt she had the like less of a lesson. Uh, I, I didn't like her arc as much. I thought she was an interesting character, but like Stitch learns a big lesson. Like Stitch is also like, I gotta be honest, Stitch kind of sucks at the beginning. Yeah. And I think that's to bring him to the end like that's why he's in your villains book like he is yeah. meant to be a villain like this movie is what if a villain turned good mm-hmm. and i think they do it in other movies not better but like with a little more of like this is a like super like there's a movie called like mega mind with will ferrell where he's a super villain and he becomes a good guy mm-hmm. and there's things like that where i think it does that but i think this is definitely they don't tell you this is a villain becoming good it's like everybody doesn't like him so i liked his arc uh, I, I don't know. That was just my thing. Is like it, I, I wanted to. I thought I was going to like this as much as I kind of had a turnaround on Emperor's New Groove. Mm-hmm. I liked the characters more than I liked the movie. If that makes sense, like I like okay. like if I saw Stitch at, or Lilo at the park, I'd be like, oh my god, it's Stitch and Lilo. Yeah. Like, and I'd watch the movie again. It was. I, I just didn't like. I don't know. I, there were just some things I wasn't super into but that's just me and i think it's a lot better than i thought it was going to be and i completely understand why this movie comes out and everyone goes oh this is such a like interesting breath of fresh air from what disney has been doing at Mm -hmm. this time yeah but that's just my opinion you look you look like i'm like going against you in 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 this and i'm really no i'm just feeling very defensive of lilo and i'm not sure if that's coming out of personal experience or what but i just well i do like i think I just think there is a deeper story and a deeper lesson there than she bit someone and that's wrong. Well, and I think yeah, that's I what I don't yeah. want to gloss over. And I think that's why I'm getting defensive is because I think I understand that it made you uncomfortable in the beginning, but I think there's a 
there's a reason for it. I think that's it. Less of like, I don't think it's right. And more of it made me uncomfortable and I had a hard time getting out. Of yeah. It. Like it made me like them fighting her having a hard time. And I like think... made me very anxious because I was like, I liked them and I wanted things to go well. It was like kind and... of that humor where it's like everything goes wrong. And I kind of get uncomfortable in that humor sometimes. Well, and I don't even think like, yeah, there was a little bit of humor in the fight, but I all to me, it felt very realistic. And at that point, we don't know that, that she's not her mother. We find out after their fight that they're sisters. No, no, no. He says, You're, I called your sister. She said to wait here. Oh, that's that was right. actually a big that's thing right. I read in the in the in the in the test screening is everyone went. Everyone did the same thing I did where yeah. they were like, I can't believe her mother's yelling at her like that. And it's yeah. like, no, they're sisters. So they yeah. had to do some more. That whole scene where they're in her room and she's kind of brings her the pizza. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about was. Yeah, yeah, it was rewritten to be very like, hey, we're sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess that's, uh, you know, that's just uh, I have a hard time with it because. You know, the scene, it's that kind of stuff. Like, there's real issues of, like, people in loving homes who are being taken away. And because of, like, maybe it's, you know, like, like that that situation could really happen. I think maybe that's the problem I was having with it. Yeah. Is, is I was having a hard time with that. When, like, you know, Cobra Bubbles is, like, trying, you know, at the end where she puts him in the car. And he's like, maybe you need her more than she needs you. Like, that really, like, bothered me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's, 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 again... A fault of the movie it's just that subject matter i had a hard time with and maybe if i watch it again mm-hmm. i'll like it more because i'll be more ex- expecting i'll know where it's going yeah but this first viewing i was like i was having a hard time with it i think it's definitely something to mention here at the top that it could potentially be triggering depending on your past mm-hmm. and you know what your family makeup is, yeah, I guess well, that's I should a, say. That's a really good point, is I think it's important to put an unconventional family in one yeah, that's not necessarily think, doing perfectly I, on no, film. I, I think, yeah, that was very good, but I think obviously it stirred up emotions yeah. in both of us, so it's something that... I'll be mention. talking about it with my uh, therapist during our next meeting. Okay. I watched Lilo and Stitch. I think we should go ahead and dive in. Uh, it starts off... I love this whole cold open. I it's Well, first we have to talk about the Disney castle. Oh, the Disney castle. So the 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 shooting star that goes across it is like uh, a spaceship flying a green beam, and then like it gets zapped up into a like like an abduction scene with a, a tractor beam. So I thought that was really cool. I'm enjoying that they're manipulating the castle. We're seeing that more and more that uh, each Disney film has kind of its you yeah, know it relates to it. Maybe, yeah, yeah, so I think that's kind of fun. But yeah, the opening credit is all about the aliens and how Stitch was made and what Stitch is and you get this world of the aliens. It's the Galactic Federation and he's experiment 626 created by Dr. Jumba mm-hmm. who's like, "No, I would he's got this like weird Russian accent." Yeah. And he's like, "I would never do this." And they uh they 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 find him guilty of genetic manipulation yeah. and creating this thing that's only made for destruction. Well, and you find out he's like fireproof and bulletproof. He's all these things, he's but water is the only thing that's kind of difficult for him. I Yeah, they're like, well, I think it just looks kind of like he can't swim. It never feels like, like a kryptonite type uh, no, thing. No, it more but seems it like just, he's put upon. Yeah. yeah. But so they, they lock him up and they have these, these lasers uh, trained on him. And I like the laser technology in this. Every time the laser is shot, which they do a little bit later, they're not like laser beams. They're like liquid. It's like mm-hmm. goo. 
And I thought that was yeah. kind of a cool thing. Well, and I think it goes with the aquatic theme. Like, all of the, yeah. you know, all of the aliens kind of having this very aquatic uh, look to them, like you mentioned. And even in space, when uh, Stitch goes into hyperspeed a little bit later, when he hits the larger ship, it almost looks like a wave yeah, that goes yeah, across yeah. it. So there's a lot of... Uh, like water Aquatic, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. water water what, things in that. What world. is the uh I hope you wrote this down. What is the like bounty hunter's name, like the second in command, the big giant guy? Yeah, like, I've Gu- got him. Gunta? Captain Gantu. Captain Gantu. Yeah. Like he looks like kind of a whale or a shark kind mm-hmm. of thing. He's and really he's cool. So big compared to everybody well, else. He's he's so big compared to the world of the aliens because yeah. when he goes through doors, he leans down. It's obviously not made for him. Mm-hmm. But they put Stitch in this thing where the guns are only trained on his DNA, so he figures out if if he spits on things it'll shoot him and that's how he gets out mm-hmm. and that's actually in the ride like the ride is they put the guns on him and then he his animatronic like squirts water oh, onto the funny. onto the uh uh audience and that's mm-hmm. how it like he starts getting away they figure out that when he gets away and he gets in this escape pod and he goes into hyperspeed they figure out he's gonna land on planet earth that they're not familiar with and he's gonna land they think he's going to land in the water in which he wouldn't survive. And then they see he's going to land on this tiny island in the water. And it's Hawaii. The, it's yeah. Hawaii. And it's, it's yeah. funny because she's kind of like great. Like as they like zoom in, she's like, ah, oh, it's all water. We'll be fine. It's like, doot, yeah, doot, doot. island's great. And so then we cut to uh, that's when we get the credits. Well, they and they also oh. talk about this is when they so they find Dr. Jumba guilty. They put him in prison and then Doc uh, Beakley. Pleakley. Pleak. I thought it was Beakley with a B. No. No, Pleakley. Well, he comes. He comes in and says that you know you can't just show up on this planet, and they have a mosquito. You know the mosquitoes are very sacred, and it's a wildlife preservation because yeah, of the endangered mosquitoes. Because mosquito. of endangered mosquitoes, and it comes full circle. We find at the end of the movie. Uh, spoiler alert, Mr. Bubbles used to be in the CIA, and so he is familiar with aliens, and he saved the planet. By convincing an alien species yeah. that mosquitoes were endangered and they couldn't like yes. blow up Earth, so it comes full circle. But I think the, mis- the endangered mosquitoes bit is very funny, especially if you're someone who most people have dealt with mosquitoes and they're annoying. And you know, <laughs> well, like you it's just a, bit, yeah, like, it's just a really funny. I get bit, bit a lot that too, but I, throughout. I get bit a lot too, but I feel like I go out there and I come in and like a day later I have bumps. I'm like I didn't even yeah. realize. So they get Pleakley and he's like, well, we have to go. We can't just invade it. We can't blow it up. We can't do any of this. So they say, well, we have to bring somebody who knows who it is. So they go get Jumba. Yeah. And they take him out. And then that's when the song and the opening credits happen. Yes. And the song is a whole, it sounds like a Hawaiian song. Yeah. And it opens with the fish with the sandwich in the water with Lilo and Lilo is swimming, and you're kind of getting introduced to her world and her life. Really beautiful stuff for hand-drawn here, Yeah, I think. Um, sh- there's also, like, a, a hula class going on in the background. And then, like, they keep intercutting between mm-hmm. them. And then there's obviously a spot in the class that's not being filled in, and then it shows her kind of running in. Yeah, you realize she's late, and she comes in, and she's dripping water everywhere as she's dancing, and it winds up. Um, the dancers slip. And fall, and you've got young kids dancing with the older women teaching hula. So it looks like yeah. they're being taught or they're doing kind of like a joint performance that they're practicing. Mm-hmm. 
And then Lilo explains why she was late to the teacher. And it's she, sandwich day. Yeah, and she goes into this whole thing that she feeds peanut butter sandwiches to, oh, I didn't Mr. write down. Mr. Pudge? Yeah, I think that's the fish's name. And that they didn't have any peanut butter. They only had tuna fish. And she, st- I love yeah. Lilo's personality here. And she's like, and I couldn't feed him tuna. You know why? Because tuna's a fish. And so she goes into this whole thing and she says... He controls the weather. That's why she feeds him sandwiches. So it's clear she's got a very, like, overactive imagination. Yes. Uh, So that's very clear from moment one. And uh, you can tell she's imaginative. She's creative. She's a loner. And the little girl that Ryan mentioned she attacks, little girl calls her crazy. And starts calling her names. And Lilo jumps on her Mm -hmm. and punches her and bites her. So, um... She then has to wait outside to the end of class and has to wait for her sister to come pick her up. I weirdly thought that kid was related to the woman at the kennel because they like look oh, the same. Oh, really? They both yeah. have glasses and kind of like uh-huh. curly hair. Yeah. But you find out at this point, you know, I wrote loner because at this point you find out like none of the kids really like her because she's eccentric. She's she's not like them. She's got this overactive imagination. All the girls are going to go play dolls and they hide their dolls. They have like Barbies and they hide them. And Lilo shows like the doll she made and it's got the head's too big, but she's come up with this story about why the head's too big. It looks like one of the voodoo dolls from Dr. Facilier's like... Like, it looks like one of the friends from the other side. We'll see when we get there, but it's so weird. Uh, I think that's also kind of, like, shows that, like, they don't have a lot of money. Yeah. And she's, like, they're, like, where's your doll? And I think, you know, there's a little bit of a class structure there. It's also interesting that the kind of the bratty kids seem to have lighter colored skin. Like, some of them looked Mm. like they were, like, you know, just white people, which I don't actually know, like, you know, the makeup of, of... you know, I don't want to say like, oh, they must be Caucasians when they're maybe they're not. Maybe they just yeah. seen that. But it's like it also kind of seemed to me like there's a statement there about like uh, mainlanders like invading the island in some way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, she goes back to her place and like she listens might... to Elvis records and just yeah, lays on the ground. She, she doesn't wait for her sister. And so that's the other thing you find out about Lilo. She's very headstrong. And if she's going to do something, she goes and does it. So she doesn't wait for her sister. She goes home and you hear Heartbreak Hotel and she is very over dramatic, over the top. Um, She's like locked the doors and nailed them shut. Yeah. So her sister can't come in and she's singing Heartbreak Hotel. And I love when she's laying on her back and she's just mouthing the word. She's not singing it, but she's mouthing the words. And then she goes, leave me alone to die and like puts her head down. When when she was mouthing the words, I was like, oh, man, that must have been really hard to do if she wasn't, you know, how do you animate to something she's not actually saying? Yeah. And then I'm like, you idiot. Like, it's all animating. It's all, yeah. Actually Uh saying something. Uh, But it's a really good scene, but you realize that the sisters butt heads a lot. And again, you realize, you know, that things are not all, there's a lot going on in this Mm -hmm. house. And she's trying to get in the house and the sister can't. And then the social worker shows up. And then the sister is, of course, freaking out because the social worker is here to see how things are going. And when she finally gets in, she gets in through like a window and you hear her like breaking things and you realize she left a pot on and so food is burning. The kitchen's a mess. And then uh, Lilo is trying to say all the right things about how good, you know, she, she is with her sister. And then 
She says her because her sister's pantomiming behind they've, bubbles. They've been coached. She's been yeah. coached like this is what you need to say. Yeah. And she's like, ah, she disciplines me all the time, three times a day with bricks. With bricks. Yeah. And so it's this whole thing. And then she's in the living room, and there's a practical voodoo book, and she's got spoons. It's so and weird. Each one of her friends are the spoons and she, she puts, puts them in, like in a, a pickle pit- jar is that what it is? yeah with like she, brine still and she in says it. my friends need to be punished and then <laughs> shakes it all up and basically bubbles after all of this says to nani you've got three days to change my mind that lilo doesn't need to be taken like, bubbles to be separated i don't know that we've said this on air but uh voiced by vin rames and is exactly what you picture oh, as yeah. Ben Reams. Except every time he took his sunglasses off, I thought his eyes weirded me out. I don't know why. Yeah, I just, mean, well, they were just... It felt like they were a little too far on the sides of his head yeah. almost. is odd. So this is when that fight happens that Ryan mentioned earlier. And it's a pretty intense fight. And it does feel very realistic. It feels like a very realistic fight that you might have. And then some time goes by, you realize it's nighttime, Lilo's now in a nightgown, and our sister comes up, gives her a piece of pizza, they apologize. Uh, During the fight, though, you realize how much alike they are. They're both kind of stubborn um, and headstrong because then they both scream into a pillow. They Mm -hmm. both go into a separate area of the house and scream into a pillow. They're both frustrated. And they apologize, and they say, you know, they're better as sisters than her being a mom. And, you know, it, that's not obviously the role she saw herself in. So I think that there was a moment to show that. I will say I really like when later they show the way they just, they're like, the way they discuss what happened to the parents. Yeah. Where Stitch looks at the picture and she goes, that's my mom and my dad. They went, it was raining and they went for a drive. And then that's That's it. it. Yeah. And that's probably all she does know because she's still on the younger side. So. Yeah. There, you know, there could be something to that, too. Um, and what she remembers, if she remembers they went for a drive and then they didn't come home. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing about Lilo is everybody leaves. Like, that's yeah. that's kind of, she wants somebody who will stick around. And this is also when we see all these pictures. Early on in the opening <laughs> credits, yeah. you see her take a picture of a tourist who's got very, very bad sunburn uh, where he was wearing a shirt and you can see where the shirt was because that's the sunburn lines. And every time this tourist goes to eat an ice cream in the film, throughout the whole film, he never gets to eat it. The ice cream always it's drops before gag. he eats it. But you notice that she takes pictures of all the tourists and she <laughs> says to her sister, aren't they beautiful? And it's all these like zoomed in like pictures of people's arms and like people sunbathing on the beach and things like that. It's all like chubby tourists. Yeah. yeah. So then they see... Uh, a falling star, what Lilo says is a falling star. Her sister is a little suspicious of it because it is bright green and making yeah. some sounds. <laughs> it's like you can hear Stitch screaming. Yeah. And you see the playfulness of the sisters here. Maybe what their relationship was before they lost their parents where Lilo's like, you have to get out. I, I need to make a wish. I need to make a wish on this star. And the sister likes like, oh, gravity. I lost gravity. This happened the other day. And she's like yeah. falling on a Lilo. It's a cute moment. But then she listens to what Lilo wishes for, and she wishes to have a friend who will always be there for her, and that's kind of the yeah. wish she made. And she's like, "Send me an angel." And then it hard cuts to like this this shadowy version of of Stitch, Stitch with in like, green smoke, and he's like, "Ah!" And he, and he jumps out yeah. and runs away. 
So uh, he winds up getting run over. There's this bit with him and a frog, and then that frog like plays into it later on. Yeah. Uh, but he winds up getting run over and kind of getting stuck in the gears, and he gets into the pound. And the next shot you see is all the dogs cowering in the corner. You loved the dogs being afraid of him. I Every just time they show it was really, really funny, funny because you never see him. You never see him do anything to the dogs that would make them afraid. Yeah. The dogs just have sensed. That this yeah. is something that they should be afraid of. So I think that's why I liked it a lot. But the next day, they go to adopt a dog. So this is Nanny's way of trying to give Lilo a friend to have a companion. I think it's Nani. I might have said Nani. Nani. Yeah, I think you're right. Nanny sounds like yeah, I think your, it is her Nani. nanny. <laughs> so I- she goes in to look. For the dogs and there's no animals and you realize they're all on top of the cages. They're all up high because they're afraid of Stitch because he's trying to escape. Well, like first he kind of escapes and so he skitters around on the ceiling, which I love anytime he skitters. is just like the animation there is like really cool. Mm-hmm. But he goes outside and he gets blasted at by Jamba. I can't already forget their names. By Jamba and Pleakley. Is that his name? Not Jamba. Jamba Juice. Anyway, the, the Jumba, J-U-M-B-A, Jumba, Jumba and Pleakley. And it's they, so he goes in and he realizes I can use Lilo. Like if Lilo's with me, they can't attack like a human. Like I'll use her. He essentially uses her as a human shield. So he yeah. like sucks two of his, his arms his in. Six arms he looks in. at the adoption poster that sees a little girl hugging a dog. And he's like, oh, I have to look like a dog. And then I have to be really sweet to her, so she'll take me. But I love that, like he can he can morph, but like he can't comp- like just so he see he looks like an ugly dog. Well, and not if you so notice like his dog. shadow later on in the house when he's going down to the fridge to get <laughs> yeah. something, his shadow is still six arms. But when they show him, he's got four. Yes. When the sister sees him, so I thought that that was kind of a fun bit. Uh, but everyone who sees him as a dog is just like that's are you sure that's a dog that's the ugliest dog i've ever seen like all this stuff yeah of course the ugliest dog in the whole thing lilo immediately wants him yes yeah because he's a misfit and he doesn't fit in and the funny part too is the the woman at the kennel who like is so scared when she sees Lilo moving around or when she sees Stitch moving around because she's like, we thought he was dead. I yeah. guess he's not. Please take any other dog but him. <laughs> we don't even know if he's a dog. So it's a whole funny bit. But then she's walking around with Stitch. She tries to apologize to the friend that um, she attacked uh, the day before. And they're mean to her again here. And then Stitch steals the three-wheeler. Right. And, and that throws she's Lilo on. on the back and they go, because I think he's looking for a way to get off the island. Yeah. And he realizes, well, because we realize that he's made for destruction. And Jumba says at one point, he'll look for the biggest city. Yes. He can find. And, you know, he'll cause mass destruction. And everywhere they go, there's water. He goes like from one point of the island to the other. And then Lilo makes a comment that's like, isn't it nice we don't live in a big city? <laughs> and so then. I think she's like flat out like. An island with no city at all. Yeah. So, uh, she's trying to, I have, I don't have this beat for beat. So the next thing I talk about is the Elvis montage. So I don't know if you. I think that's, so first there's a montage where it's just her, um, like her and Stitch going around and Stitch kind of 
sucking, like being kind of a, a brat. Yeah. And then like they bring him, I think, do they bring him home at this point? And she talks I think they bring him things. home because I think Bubbles is the one that says he has to be a model citizen. Oh, and yes. that's it. And you have to get a job because Nani has a job. And at a luau with a, a dude who's a fire spinner. David. And David, who's obviously into her. And I like, there's a meme going around where, uh, uh, Lilo goes like he. She's off. She's like, I can't go out with you now because I have to take care of my family. Yeah. And then Lilo's like, she likes your butt and your fancy hair. I've read her diary. He goes, she thinks it's fancy. And yeah. The meme is like, I love that he's like, oh, of course she likes my butt. Like, yeah. It's a great butt. Like he's like, yeah, okay, I get it. Oh, she thinks my hair is fancy. Uh huh. Um, and so she loses her job there because you know. Uh, I think Pleakley and Jumba are trying to attack. And they disguise themselves as as tourists and their, their outfits are great. I love the underlying thing that like Pleakley is like opening up his feminine side or becoming more or like discovering dressing later on, but they both enjoy wearing the wig. Yeah. He's like, give it to me. I'm pretty. I just like that. They're both into wearing the wig. Yeah. But it's a whole thing. And again, it's stitch is why she loses the job. So then, so then the next day is her going around getting the job. And, and Bub- Bubbles has basically said, these are the things you need to do. Yes. And she has to bring Lilo and Stitch with them because she's trying to look after them. But they keep screwing stuff up as like Lilo's trying to make him good by making him like Elvis. Yeah. Um. So she's she's taking him around. She's trying to make him do Elvis things. Like she teaches him. What's the? I forgot the first thing. So I've got the whole thing, but something we need to mention that I skipped in my notes. She also, when after Nani gets fired, she talks about Ohana, meaning family. Yes. That that happens as well. He sees the picture. She talks about Ohana needs family. Nobody gets left behind. She's trying forgotten. Nani's trying to get rid of Stitch because he's yeah destroying the house yeah and so she is trying to tell that to nani as well as explain it to stitch like Mm -hmm. you can be good and like this is how you have to do it and at one point he calms down when she puts that lay on him he does get calm for a moment yeah he gets very peaceful very calm and this is what she kind of uh tells him and then the other thing he does that we didn't mention that's kind of funny earlier in town he sees this monster movie of Which the is, city of San Francisco being like destroyed and he rebuilds it. She goes, well, what can you do? And why don't you try building something instead of destroying it? So he yeah. builds this huge model of San Francisco and then destroys and it. And then destroys it. Um, so yeah, so we're back in the Elvis montage. She's teaching him how to do this Elvis stuff, but everything he does ends up like making it so Nani doesn't get her job. But my favorite one is the one where she sees the old woman. She's like, uh, Elvis is a lover. She's in need of some loving. And he like sits and looks away from her and just holds her hand. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's, yeah, the whole thing is dancing. So first they dance. Then she goes, he also played guitar and he plays along. And when he plays guitar, he breaks all the windows from the sound. Then it's, uh, he had a face of romance. So that was yes. the part you were talking about. And now you have to dress like Elvis and put it all together. And so at first it's going really well. He puts it all together. He's dancing on the beach. And now uh, Nani is trying to get a job as a lifeguard at this beach. It's going well. They think they have something. And then the tourists crowd him. And they're flashing their cameras at him. And he freaks out. And then he gets aggressive with all the tourists. Mm-hmm. And so... This is kind of like her last shot to get a job and it doesn't go well. And then also to backtrack, because we forgot about this, and these are two major things too, is the Ugly Duckling story happens before all the Elvis stuff. So the Ugly, he pulls out the book, The Ugly Duckling, 
and Lilo explains it. And this kind of plays a big part later on. And the next morning, she goes, you strike me as an Elvis fan. I think you'd like the king. And oh, then she God. goes into Nani's room the next morning and she goes, look what he can do. She and, just says, she goes, watch. Yeah. And she puts his fingernail on the record. And then when she opens his mouth, it plays like a speaker. And then she closes it. When it closes, the music stops. And suspicious so I would Yeah. So I apologize for that. My notes were a little jumbled. But, a little um, jumba. Yes. But yeah, so after she teaches him the criteria of like Elvis is a model citizen, like this is how you can be a model citizen, mm. it obviously doesn't go well. Is this the surfing part? Yeah, and David sees them kind of down and out, sees them frustrated, and he's like, well, I know some, I might not be able to help with what's going on, but I know something that can cheer you up. And so he takes them surfing, and this is the Hawaiian roller coaster song, which yeah. is so good. And there's a big montage of like them going surfing and... Stitch kind of watching those three interact as well, like a and family. Well, then like not really interacting with Stitch because he did pretty much ruin the whole day. I, I don't mean, even know if that's it. It feels like he's off on his own, of his own accord. Yeah, like it's, he's it's not clear part that, of the group yet. Yeah, it's clear that he hasn't really fit into the family unit. But I think there's probably also a little bit of like frustration right. with him as well. And then he finally um, drags the surfboard over and he asks, Basically, can you take me out on the water? And this is where Jumba gets very surprised because now he's seeing Stitch, you know, the water. He could drown all of these things. Like, why would he want to go back out into the water? And he wants to because they're all enjoying it and he wants to be with them. I think it's his first view of Stitch being capable of change. Yeah. And what winds up happening is Stitch falls in the water, can't swim, freaks out. Holds on to Lilo, which drags them both down. Because Jumba's underwater underwater trying underwater trying to get Stitch. And so it's this whole thing. So they think Stitch drug her under the water. They come out. Lilo's okay. Stitch is unconscious. And then Bubbles, of course, shows up. Yes. And and also when they're looking for jobs, Bubbles is in the background of some of right. those jobs. So he's been following them all day. And so she tries to explain it. And he's basically like... I'm coming back, right? Isn't this? I'm coming. This is where he's like, I'm coming tomorrow. Back in the to morning, yeah, to take her. And so Lilo Which I think doesn't it's interesting. really I don't know th- what that means. I don't think child services will be like, you have 12 hours. I think they just take your child. Like, I don't think they give you a chance because that feels like a time for like a, a, a flight risk or yeah, something, right? Yeah. But um, she tries to tell her, and of course, it's a really hard conversation to have. And so she doesn't really have it. Um, she sings Aloha Oi. Uh, and translated, it means one fond embrace until we meet again. And so she kind of sings that to her and is trying to explain to Lilo what's going on. And that's when Stitch sees the picture of the family mm-hmm. later on under her pillow. And she explains what happened, what we mentioned before. And he's like flat out leaving at this point and, and Lilo just watches him go. Yeah, she's like, you can stay if you want, but I get it if we you want We could make this leave. a family if you want, but, yeah. I, but you can leave. And what she doesn't realize is Lilo's trying to recreate the book, the ugly duckling, the duckling's all alone, and then the family comes to find him. Mm-hmm. So Stitch... I don't think I got that till you just said that. Yeah, so. so I don't think Stitch is leaving her. I think he's trying to find his own family. He doesn't feel like he belongs with them. So he's trying to find... Like, he wants his family to come find him because he yeah. goes into the... He goes into the woods and it looks almost identical. Mm. And he says, I'm lost, which is what it says in the book. Well, he says it's a Jumba because yeah. Jumba comes to get him because this is when they're fired, right? Yeah, this is when... 
basically the alien council's like, you've had enough time. And we keep cutting back and forth to that yeah. throughout. But they're like, you've had enough time. You guys are fired. I'm going to send. Uh, Game two. Yeah. And then Jumba's like, well, now we can do things my way because I'm fired. So I don't have to follow all these rules. David comes over and tells Nani that he's got a like a job opportunity. So she leaves. But then Stitch comes back chased by Jumba and there's a big fight in the house that destroys the house. I do like when Jumba starts dancing to Hound Dog though because Hound Dog's on That's the That's another thing I didn't like. Is like, oh, I love this song. It's like, you don't, wh- why would you know this well, song? Well, I, like, I, I, I took it as he was enjoying it and like, I love this song as in this is the oh, first time I'm a, hearing like, it. Like, wow, this is a great song. Oh, not like, I love every time I hear this song. It's like, yeah, hey, I'm that's enjoying how, this song. That's how I took it because okay, then he starts fair. dancing. I don't know if that's true, I, but that's how I took it. This is just the stuff where I was just kind of like, all right, Jumba. Yeah, but basically that, yeah. like <laughs> All right, Jumba. Like you said, the house is destroyed. It, it gets blown up. And, yeah. uh, you know, she winds up running away. She's she's mad at Stitch. He's ruined everything. Cobra shows up at this point to take her, and then she runs yeah. off. And but this is when also Stitch reveals he's an alien. So she realizes he's with these aliens. She also tells Cobra this whole story. Basically how Cobra yeah, shows yeah, yeah. up is she calls Cobra. But she always, always tells, yeah, because she's like, there's aliens in my house and they're destroying it. He's like, okay, here, I, here we go. Because he gave her a card and was like, if you're ever left home alone again, call me. That was she after the first like, visit. more believing of hers if he was with the CIA at Roswell when she calls I think he. I don't think he didn't believe her, but that's how the movie makes you feel until you realize that. Maybe. He knows aliens exist, but yeah. He's definitely dressed like an MIB. Yeah. And so Gantu winds up catching them both. So this yes. is when Bubbles puts her in the car, says what you said earlier, you know, to Nani, maybe you need her more than she needs you. She hears that. She runs away. And that's when Gantu comes and captures both Stitch and Lilo together. But Stitch gets loose and he flies off with Lilo and he doesn't know he just has Lilo. Yeah. And then... Jumba and Pleakley grab Stitch and Nani is now has now seen everything. I love she's just like ah, like every time she sees yeah, an alien she's But she's screaming. also very determined at this point. She's yeah. very much like where's Lilo and no one will answer her and they're pretending like they don't know her and she's like no, I need to know where she is. And then this is when Stitch says Ohana means family. Nobody's forgotten. Nobody gets left behind. And that's when uh Vin Diesel shows up at Trucks like family <laughs> is most important. No, okay. But that's when he convinces uh, Jumba, and it doesn't take much convincing, but Jumba's like, he's very persuasive, uh, but convinces them that they're all going to go get Lilo together. That was another thing that was kind of a jokey way to get over it. Like, I would have liked to have seen Jumba be a little less of a goof. I don't know. He's a little goofballs McGillicuddy for my taste. But then there's this whole scene that takes place. This whole kind of scene of two spaceships battling, trying to get Lilo, and Stitch is... On the ship, then he's not. Then he falls down. He gets on a fuel truck, puts that in the lava of the volcano, shoots back Explodes up. Explodes like, because yeah, he's it's a whole thing To fire. I love when he bursts into Gantu's uh, stage. He goes, aloha! Like, yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And so all of this is happening. And then the head leader, I don't know that we ever find out her name. I think she's, her character is like the leader of the Galactic Council or something. Like, I think, I remember in the the making of it was something like that. But she comes down and is finally like... Grand Councilwoman. Yeah, is like, none of you can do this job. I'm going to take him away. And Stitch says to her at this point, she says... Well, because back at the beginning, she's like, give us a sign that you're more than... You're you're 
good or you're like sentient or something. Yeah. And she, he, so this time he's like, can I talk to my family? Like, like can you know, I say goodbye? And this, this is my family. I found them while I was here. Yeah. They're broken, but they're. But they're still good. They're still good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, that's when uh, she's like, well, we can't break our laws. We have to take them. And then Bubbles is like, show them that you have his that adoption you're, papers. Yeah, that you're his owner because aliens are sticklers for rules. And this is when I was like, is he a man in black? Like, is that yeah. what we're going to find? And that was it. She's like, you look familiar. And he's like, Roswell, 1973. Yeah. And so he was former CIA. And this is when we find out about him convincing the alien race that mosquitoes were an endangered species. Yes. So they exile, quote unquote, Stitch. To, but they say you have to live out exile in Earth. Mm-hmm. And these people are, these these humans are protected by the council. And they'll check in on them every once yeah. in a while. And then they just kind of leave Jumba and Pleakley there. I know. And Pleakley's got a life. He calls his mom at one point. like Yeah, but at the same time, the montage at the end, they're very much part of the family unit. Like, yeah. they're watching TV at, with them at and they're Christmas at holidays. Day. Yeah, he's dressed as, as Santa. Santa. Yeah. Uh, but we see the family through the seasons and you see they very much become this family unit and you see that Stitch is like making sandwiches and doing the laundry and things like that in the I house. love when he puts her bra on his head and puts on a towel and just runs around like it's... There's a yeah. whole bunch of just funny little sequences that I feel like they went, we want this to happen. I don't know where it fits into the story. And I think it fits in well at the end. It's really fun to watch the whole ending credits sequence. And I think you get... The idea that they've really created their own, their chosen family, essentially, out of this. Well, this created, like, a big world. Like, this had a sequel, and this had a whole series where it was, like, they went and found the other 625 experiments. And they were all kind of, like, it was, they would go find them and then rehabilitate them. And stuff like that. Well, and the other thing I like, too, is one of the last pictures you see is they go to Graceland. Yes, you really got a kick out of that. Yeah. So I feel like it's been a long time since we've done one of these without somebody. Oh, without a guest? Yes. Yeah. So it's just going to be you and me going back and forth on the questions. Uh, how was the princess? And I think the princess in this case was Lilo. I really liked her. I know it seemed you had some issues with her, but I liked her. I liked her. I didn't think she her, her arc was as interesting as the other people's, but okay. I liked her a lot. And like I said, I, I think she's a perfect addition to like, the parks as a character in the Disney pantheon. Like mm-hmm. I, this is one of those people that I feel like I've been thinking about how we call everyone princesses. And there's so many quote unquote princesses that aren't in the actual canon, like Esmeralda and yeah. Lilo like should be one. Like why mm. couldn't it be a little girl other than I think there's some weird thing there we can get into on another podcast where I think there has to be some sort of like, uh, princesses are old enough to get married or whatever yeah. but anyway like a little kid being a princess why can't lilo be one mm-hmm. i i liked her i think she's very funny i liked her whole how weird she was yeah like she, i loved how eccentric she was i loved her obsession with elvis i just she felt very real and that's what i really liked about her yes uh how was the prince with a stitch i I did not like Stitch at the beginning, but by the end, I like wish I had more time with the Stitch at the end than I did mm-hmm. with the Stitch at the beginning. Yeah. But it's cool to see that arc, and that was the whole point of the story, I think. Yeah, I thought Stitch was great, and they did something very different. He was an anti-hero. You know, we called Beast an anti-hero, but I think Beast was a little bit scary, but Stitch just really caused chaos and terror and destruction i think he was they took him to the next level Mm -hmm. absolutely uh how are the sidekick henchmen 
I thought Jumbo was kind of weird. I don't know. He just was a weird dude to me. I didn't really like him that much. I liked... uh Pleakley? Yeah. I did too. That's Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall. Um, I'm trying to think of something else you might know him from. You'll know him when we do uh, Sky High someday because he's a great he's great in Sky High. Oh, okay. Um, I liked him a lot. I like Cobra Bubbles a lot. Yeah. Like, I think whenever I saw him outside, this, I was like, what a dumb character. But like in the context of the story he does well it's just vin rames is so fun to have yeah no he was good um favorite musical number like the hawaiian roller coaster i think is the the most prominent one but my song that will go on my spotify ryan's favorite i do a song from every movie we do um is gonna be suspicious minds just because i like that scene where (laughs) With the record yeah. player. And I started writing down and then I gave up because there's a lot. But definitely look up the soundtrack. There's a lot of really good Elvis songs on there. Yeah. And they're not all, you know, Hound Dog, Heartbreak Hotel, the ones that you immediately Those think Those ones of. are in there, though. Yeah, Stuck on You is one that's really good. And there's a couple others in there, too. Uh, so it's super fun. And then Winona Judd sings... Uh, just Winona. I didn't know yeah. she went as just Winona for a sing. What's the song she sings? Burn in love. That's right. Yeah, at the end. Burn in love. Um, so let's go through how it holds up, which I think is pretty well. The female character agency, I think, is really good in this. Yeah, like it way passes the Bechdel test. There's the 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 uh romance is kind of sidelined, and I think for good reason between Nani. Mm-hmm and david but i think it's also like still there like his character is just like he's helpful and he loves nani but and that's the other thing too is i think she finally realized she thought she had to do it alone and that she didn't she couldn't be with him because she had to focus on lilo and i think by the end you see having him there Mm -hmm. makes everything easier because she's not doing it all just on her own yeah so yeah i really i enjoyed the part he played yes in it uh, drinking and smoking, not really, I don't think any of that. Uh, just the fire, but that's not like cigarette smoking. <laughs> that doesn't count. Yeah. Um, the, uh, ethnic representation, we talked about how well we think they handled. The... I would, I would love for those, um. Anybody who is of Hawaiian descent or maybe just even knows more about this, uh, it's something to look up. I'd really like to look up some more about that. And also the Polynesian culture as well, because there were some influences there mm-hmm, too mm-hmm. that they talked about. So uh, guns and firearms, it's all like laser guns. I think there's, like I said earlier, I think some of the like just kind of goofy destruction is a little bit maybe for a slightly older, like I think it's the low end of PG, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's anything in here that's worse than like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. You know? Um, and like I said, with the the guns, I I love the weird like gooey like blasters. Like it's just so weird and so original. Um, but something I just haven't seen before, and I really liked it. Uh, so we're gonna do for the first time in a long time a no guest infallible scientific okay. villains rating. Um, and, and who do you think is the villain in this? <laughs> I, it's Gantu, I think, is yeah, the best I think one. So like too. he has no redemption at the end. No, I think he also Jamba, J- Jumbo, Jumbu, Jamba, I think. J- Jobu, Jumbu, J U M B A. So however you say that, Jobu is from Major League. Have you seen Major League? Mm. No. You'd really like Major League. Um, but yeah, uh, I think G- Gantu, Gantu. See, here's the G-A-N-T-U. thing. G A N T U. I want to say I think it's Gantu, but I want to say. All these characters are very visually distinct in very mm-hmm. cool ways. Their names don't really stick with me for some reason. Yeah. Um, so let's start with Frightening. Uh, I I think he's he's more than a one, definitely, because he's so big. 
Yeah, I would say he's more intimidating than frightening. Yeah, so I think it's like a two or maybe a three middle of the road. I'm going to give him a two. You give him a two? I'm going to do the same. Because I, I, I think he's meant to be like, whoa, but I don't think he's meant to be like... I think he's more frightening to the characters than he is anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, funny, he's not funny at all. No, a one. I think he's going to be real low. Fierce? I mean, if his size, maybe. I think he's more than a, than a one. More but that's more design, yeah. maybe. So I'm going to give him a one. Okay. I'm going to give him a two because I think he's... I don't think he's I don't think he's lacking fierceness, but I don't think he has much. Mm-hmm. So it may be like a very soft two. Uh, effective. He's not really effective at all because he's supposed to send Stitch away in the beginning and he loses him. So he yeah, loses he him kind in the of beginning. keeps screwing up. He gets Stitch for a little while, but, but not he doesn't know he's gone. Like, yeah, he, he thinks him. he's got Stitch. He's about to call the commander, the lead councilwoman to say, to basically brag and be like, get ready. I have him. And, uh, then he sees him on the other spaceship. I think so, he gets him for a little bit, so I think... I, I, what I'm arguing is a two versus a one. That's literally yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll give him the two because he gets him, but I it's a soft, soft okay, two. Same. Uh, design, I think, is where he's going to be the strongest because I thought he was really cool. Yeah, I'm going to give him... I don't think he's super... What, what are you going to give him? I think I'm going to give him a three on design. That's what I was going to But I, I agree with you that he's very different from the rest of the aliens. I mean, all the aliens are designed in their own way. Uh, the councilwoman is tall and skinny. Jamba is is very round. Uh, Pleakley, I keep wanting to say it with a B. He's, uh, you know, he's got a very cool design. He's three legs. He's got two tongues, like one he big had eye. three legs, didn't he? Yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I really liked his design I like a lot. anything that's not like by parallel or something what it is where it's like yeah. two, like you know there's there's symmetry down the middle mm-hmm. yeah i liked his design a lot i know that's not who we're talking about but right. <laughs> what i was trying to say is each alien was very distinct in their design and i think gantu is the same he was very yes. big very broad shouldered and i liked what they did with that mm-hmm. uh go away heat and yes factor. what did you give him i gave him the same oh okay go away heat and yes factor are both ones for me me too like i i because we came into this going who's the villain yeah and i was reading about it and i remembered the doctor but i didn't really think he was the villain so yeah i couldn't really put my finger on who the villain was for this one I, 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 he is, he is down there, folks. Now, what I will say is in the villain book, Jumba is listed in the book, not Gontu. But I would agree that I don't think. I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. He is very, very low. In fact, he is our second to worst villain. Oh, wow. <laughs> At 11.5. What is he above? He is above Aconcagua and below <laughs> Dr. Terminus. That's funny. I, I gotta mean... say, I think he's better than Dr. Terminus. Dr. Terminus may have beat him on fierceness, though. But this is scientific. There's yeah. there's absolutely no fault in this. It's mm. how it is. Uh, 11.5. So, at the end of the day, I think you have already said this, that you would keep it in... You would... It, uh, do we put it on the shelf? It would go... Yeah, it would go on my shelf. I think Same. also, I love Elvis. I think there's a lot of reasons I really enjoyed this movie. But this movie made me laugh enough and gave me the feels enough that it would be one that if I want to experience those emotions, I would put this on. I actually, it's one of the ones that I'm like planning on watching. Cause like I said, I want to see if I like it a little bit better, kind mm-hmm. of being okay with some of the, uh, 
the 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 broken family issues. Yeah, and I'm sorry I came out so strong the other way. I just felt I needed to I be defensive. I appreciate your of apology. That. <laughs> I just felt I needed to be defensive of that storyline because yeah. I just interpreted it very differently than you did. Well, I think that's why it's important. It's not, you know, listen, uh, no one wants a, a podcast that's just me talking mm, and telling my true. opinion. Excuse me. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, as always, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend about us. Get get some more listeners in there. Um, and our next movie will be Treasure Planet with another... Oh, we forgot that we, there was one person from the D&D group that hadn't been on yet, and they will be on next time. Yeah. So we'll have the full house of D&D group. But, minus uh, Jordan. Minus Jordan, <laughs> who does not watch movies. But... Uh, <laughs> Until next time, guys, we'll see you around. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh